Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over our quarterback rankings, our running back rankings, as well as going over tonight's extravaganza on Thursday night football between the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. I think this is going to be a better game than we think. Yeah, hopefully I'm just, better. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Hopefully better be than Colts Broncos. <laughs> I think it'll be better than Colts Broncos. Hopefully. I think I, so. Uh, I, that was that, that was as worse, as bad as it could get, right? So it can't yeah. be worse than that one. I, I don't think it can be. I think, you know, I think Washington can potentially put up some points, right? Um, I think maybe the Bears can get some big runs off, maybe. With David maybe. Montgomery, maybe, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe a little Brian Robinson action tonight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, maybe he got some stuff going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have him starting my lineup this week. You know, dire straits for my fantasy team. So let's hope Brian <laughs> Robinson can do something. Maybe Justin Fields. You know, he looked somewhat serviceable last week. You know, against the Vikings. And granted, the Vikings defense isn't that good, but um, hopefully, maybe Justin Fields can do something more than what we've seen so far. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I'll just say this. Good luck. Because you're going up yeah. against me. So ain't ain't gonna matter. Ain't yeah, gonna matter. Right, right, right. right. Uh, <laughs> um, did you did you see the way Amazon Prime was um advertising this game this whole week leading up to it? Even after the game last last week. They were saying it's like uh, what was it? They said it's like it's a no nonsense battle in the NFC. It's like okay. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be all nonsense. It's just going to be a bunch of broken plays. It's just going to be a massive game. <laughs> this is literally the definition of nonsense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, got, you got you got the commanders who are looking like poverty franchise, and you know the Bears, they can only run the ball. So should be interesting, I think. Um, they haven't had many good games on Prime Video so far. <laughs> all right, man. Let's get into this Thursday night preview. Uh We've kind of been talking about it already, but yeah. kind of more official start to it. Um, so Jahan Dotson's out tonight. Logan Thomas is out. Carson Wentz, he's dealing with the biceps tendon strain, uh, but he's going to play. That could mean more targets to the running backs. Also to Curtis Samuel, who runs a lot of his routes closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, uh, it could be a high reception game for him. Uh, you know, yeah. Kyler Gordon is manning the slot. He's been manning the slot for the Bears. He has been terrible. This year, he's allowing more than half a fantasy point per route run against him, and quarterbacks are targeting him more than any other corner on the Bears. So Samuel can be potentially in for a big day. Um, McLaurin, you know, he's going to be matched up with Jalen Johnson, who's been very good in coverage this year. Uh, not looking amazing for McLaurin, you know, especially considering Wentz's injury, his yeah. previous not so great fantasy days. I'm still going to have him in my lineup as like a borderline wide receiver two, maybe low-end wide receiver two with Dotson out especially. Uh, yeah. Diami Brown, he didn't play that many snaps last week. He obviously had those two big touchdowns. Um, but like, you know, he just happens to have a couple big plays. I'm not necessarily betting on that to happen again. You know, I, I wouldn't bet on 
you know, is it Diami or Diami? I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I wouldn't bet on Brown um, replicating that performance. You know, that's the kind of streaky performance that we see from guys like Robbie Anderson. And I feel like that's what it is, you know, and it's going to continue to be. I do like Terry McLaurin a lot more in this matchup, but, you know, Carson Wentz just hasn't been a guy to throw to him. I would have Curtis Samuel ranked higher than Terry McLaurin at this point, um, especially in this matchup. Like you said, with uh, Kyler Gordon covering Curtis Samuel, if he's in the slot, he's probably going to get those targets, like you said. Um, much to my chagrin because I am playing against you and you have Curtis Samuel in your lineup this week. So, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a decent day. As long as Wentz doesn't look terrible, you know, coming off, or working with his injury that he's he's playing through, I, I think that they should be in for uh, solid fantasy days. I think so. I think so. Um, I'm not overly excited about these Washington running backs, but if I'm starting anyone, it's Brian Robinson. Um, yeah. He controlled most of the running back carry split last week despite playing less snaps than Antonio Gibson. Chicago is allowing 4.7 yards of carry to opposing running backs, so maybe this can be a bit of a coming out party for Brian Robinson, if Gibson isn't too involved. And I can see that split shifting, like in terms of uh, snaps as well, yeah. on top of the top of the carries, you know, towards Brian Robinson's way. They're excited to get him back. Both running backs couldn't get anything going on the ground last week. They were, they were both terribly inefficient. Um, but, you know, th this is a much better matchup for them. And, you know, Brian Robinson could potentially do some things. Yeah, and I think that he has the capability. I think, and I talked about this a little while, um, in the offseason, not, not not so much once before they talked about Brian Robinson really being the guy and then his whole accident thing going on. But, um, you know, Brian Robinson, I think that he has the highest upside moving forward, just not only tonight, but also into the season. I think Antonio Gibson is going to kind of take a back seat, even though Gibson did produce pretty well for you going in um, these first few weeks of the season. I think that, like you said, the commanders are much more uh, interested in having Brian Robinson being being their guy. And Antonio Gibson in the backfield, especially when it comes to early down work. That's not to say that Antonio Gibson can't get uh, a little receiving work, um, but J.D. McKissick has really been their guy for that. So if anybody's going to be butted out of this backfield rotation, is I feel like it's going to be Antonio Gibson because J.D. McKissick, even though he isn't, you know, catching a bunch of passes like he was last season, they're still using him as the receiving back, and he has that value I think locked up. Antonio Gibson is just going to be, you know, spelling Brian Robinson. He's like. The guy they're throwing in when one of the other guys, Brian Robinson or J.D. McKissick, isn't, um, you, know, you know, maybe they need a breather or if something would happen to them. Antonio Gibson's really just a uh, – he's, he's like a pinch hitter, I think, at this point in the Washington backfield. David Montgomery, you're starting him as an RB2. Uh, he got his role fully back last week. Justin Fields, uh, I would say, like, this week is a solid QB2 because there are four quarterbacks on by, so it kind of bumps him up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and that's about it for the Bears offense. Uh, don't start don't start Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I, I wouldn't start Darnell Mooney. I wouldn't start any, you know, Bears pass catchers tonight. Unless we see Justin Fields, you know, go crazy. We, we're not going to be starting any Bears pass catchers till next week because Justin Fields still hasn't shown that he can support even one fantasy relevant pass catcher in this Bears offense. And David Montgomery has the job locked up as long as he's on the field. We talked about that a little while ago. I think it was two or three episodes ago. Um, talk about Khalil Herbert. He didn't really get um, any boost in the backfield because of his strong performance in David Montgomery's absence. So um, David Montgomery, like I said, Justin Fields in a pinch, you know, if you need to, um, are really the only realistic starts for for fantasy football. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. So I'm looking at these underdog plays uh, for tonight. Um, you know, I have Carson Wentz over 14 and 14.75 fantasy points. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and add him. I'm sharing my screen on on YouTube. You guys can see it right now. So I'm going to go ahead and throw Carson Wentz uh, in my underdog entry for today. Um, I have Brian Robinson over 11 and a half rushing attempts. So, you know, he had nine last week. Um, and I think against the Bears, they're going to try to get the ball. Go, you know, they're trying to run, they're going to try to run the ball with you know Carson Wentz and his you know arm injury right now that he has. Um, yeah. So he's going to he's going to attempt to play. But I would assume that since they have these two running backs and the Bears have been giving up some yards on the ground, you know, I think they kind of depend on the running backs a little bit uh, in this game, uh, especially with Jahan Dodson out too. So um, and Logan Thomas out. So I think 11 and a half rushing attempts. I think that's solid for Brian, uh, Brian Robinson to go over. Um, I also have J.D. McKissick going over three rece- three receptions as well. He's had at least three receptions in every game this year. Um, and I don't want to touch the Terry McLaurin one here. Four receptions, 56 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah. And I'm going to go to Curtis Samuel here. Uh, he's at four, 47 and a half receiving yards. I like the over on that. I also like the over on the five receptions for Curtis Samuel. So if I had to choose one, I'll probably go with the five receptions. So I'll add that in here. Um, let's see. What else do we have? So if you scroll down here, um, Justin Fields. I'm not going to touch that one, honestly. David Montgomery, 83 and a half rush plus receiving yards uh, is his line here. I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, but Khalil Herbert... 34 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I think I'm going to go lower on that one. I think this is David Montgomery's backfield for the most part. Yeah. So unless, unless Khalil Herbert gets a big playoff, I, th- I might go lower on that one. Does that one make uh, sense? Yeah, I, I like that pick. You know, Dave Montgomery's locked it down when he was on the field. Now, and then you have Darnell Mooney here. Three and a half catches. He only had three. And a, he only had <laughs> more than three <laughs> catches like in one game this year. I might Let's go in the un- I might go the under on this one. <laughs> yeah, his catches this season have been one, one, two, four, two. <laughs> oh my god! So um, like, you know what? I'm gonna remove the JD McKissick one here. Yeah, and I'm gonna add the Darnell Mooney lower than three and a half receptions. I like these picks here. So you know, you, you can choose between that one. You know, you can choose between the JD McKissick one. Um, there's also the Curtis Samuel. You know, above you know forty seven and a half receiving yards. That's not bad either. Um, now. These five picks, like if I enter these five picks, like you can see, like these these multipliers went up all the way because I have five picks in here. If I put in 50 bucks, my payout is $1,000. Okay, that's 20x. I just turned $50 into $1,000, you know, if I get all of these right. If I wanted to do only four picks in this entry, let's say I remove the Carson Wentz one, 50 bucks will still turn into $500. That's 10x right there. Now, Let's say I wanted to put, you know, another prop in here, another line in here, and I wanted to add insurance, right? My 10, my, my, if I get all five of these right, usually it'll be a thousand dollars for my 50 bucks, but I just turned on insurance and I still get $500 from my $50 entry and I can still get one of these wrong. So that's pretty good. So if you're like fairly confident in five of the picks, and you turn on insurance, you can still 10x your money, uh, you know, even if you get one of these wrong. So if this sounds interesting to you, go to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, sign up, and make your first deposit with the code upper hand. Your first deposit will be doubled with that code up to $100. So make sure you use the code upper hand to get that promo.
Okay. That's enough about underdog. Let's let's move on to our quarterback rankings. Let's do it. Man, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to quarterbacks this week. Right. Uh simple a lot because you know a lot of these quarterbacks are on by. So you might see some guys in here. You know, little Geno Smith in the top ten over here. First he, thing you notice. He you is know? safely in the top ten with the with safely. these rankings. He's not just edging so, on it. He, he's got <laughs> that, what are we having? Seven? <laughs> yeah, man. We have him at seven. Uh, so at number one, we have Josh Allen, followed by Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Kyler Murray at five. Uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are facing off this week. You're probably starting both of these guys. Uh, this over-under is set at 54. That's the highest for the week. Uh, the Bills have the highest implied total for the week at 28 points, and the Chiefs are third with 26. So potential fireworks uh, in this game. Yeah, absolutely. If it looks anything close to what it was, you know, in the divisional round game that we all remember very clearly from last season, you know, this is it's just going to be fantasy bonanza. Everybody's going to be scoring points. Um, And with, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes being these guys, I'm starting all the receivers. I'm pretty much starting all of the fantasy players on the on these offenses this week. You know, this is a marquee, marquee matchup, probably the matchup of the year, the one that people have had circled on the schedule for, I mean, since the schedule came out. So Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I like Josh Allen as the one. Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we haven't ranked that far. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish one and two. But it seems like every time we say that two quarterbacks are going to finish one and two, they don't. So let's just leave it at this. Josh Allen at one, Patrick Mahomes at four. Both of them, excellent starts. Like, there's no question. Of course, you're starting these guys. Uh, Kyler Murray, he gets a good matchup. Uh, this week against the Seahawks. They actually have the second highest team implied total for the week. This over-under is set at 50 and a half points. Uh, I'm looking over at Preciser, uh, which is more of a prediction and, and, and analytics tool. You can kind of use that in conjunction with what Vegas has. They actually have the Cardinals only scoring 22 points rather than the 27 points Vegas is expecting. And I can see that because, like, <laughs> the Cardinals have just been underperforming, right, like, from expectations. Uh, right. But, you know, uh, the Seahawks might be, you know, a good bet here, you know, given that the two and a half point underdogs um, Preciser actually has them winning this game, despite the Cardinals being favored. And I can see that happening, but both the Cardinals and the Seahawks play fast. So I'm expecting yeah. a lot of plays to be run and I'm expecting a lot of fantasy points to be scored. This is another game to target for fantasy. Right. And you look at the two games that the Seahawks have had these past two weeks, especially their defense, allowing a bunch of points, not only the Lions, but then also the Saints. You know, Taysom Hill obviously gashed them big time. Kyler Murray is a great, great quarterback, fancy quarterback. He can, he's dynamic. He can run. He can pass. Um, this would be a nice spot for the Cardinals offense to kind of morph in the form. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, definitely. You know, the Seahawks offense suddenly is very good, and their defense has allowed a lot of points. That's a recipe for fantasy success. Um, with Kyler Murray coming into town, you know, Cardinals. So I think that Kyler Murray being a five, this is much, I think this is the highest that we've had him ranked you know, this season so far. And I think it's it's warranted with the matchup. Um, this is a really good matchup for Kyler Murray. And I'd be disappointed, I think, if he had anything less than 20 points this week. I think I had Kyler Murray ranked at like like three week one. Because <laughs> I was pretty optimistic <laughs> of him coming into the season. But listen, right. he's going to have Hopkins coming back soon. Um, and this offense is going to get better, hopefully. Yeah, um, it, feels like, it feels like a distant memory. You know, maybe uh, that tells you all you need to know about how the Cardinals have done so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Uh, Tom Brady, we have him here at number six. Uh, he's averaging 
passing yards over his last two games. Um, Tom Brady, man, like, you know, he's back as a fantasy, you know, a reliable fantasy quarterback, I think, you know, with Chris Godwin back, even though Chris Godwin hasn't been lighting up the stat sheet, you know, he's beginning targets, but now a lot of these other receivers are starting to get involved. Now these running backs are starting to catch a lot of passes over the last couple of games. So he's starting to find his footing at this point. So Tom Brady, I think he's going to be locked in to the top 10 uh, almost every single week. And he's inching on that top five at some point. The good thing is that this matchup against the Steelers, like, they're allowing a ton of uh, passing yards as well. So Tom Brady right. is looking like he's like kind of locked in to throw over 300 yards this game. Yeah, and that's what happens when you allow four. Was it 400 ish? Almost 400 passing yards and a half against the Bills. You know, last week that's what Pittsburgh did. So I think Tom Brady's a really safe start. I think this might be his best matchup so far this season. And if he could get into a rhythm, you know, get into a groove and find a groove, I think we could be looking at Tom Brady uh, being a mainstay here in the top 10, even the top eight. You know, moving forward, because as his receivers come back, uh, he's getting Chris Godwin. Uh, he got Chris Godwin back last week, and he's still getting healthier. Mike Evans is obviously a beast. And Julio Jones is, you know, waiting in the wings to come back. The offense is going to get much better. Uh, I like the Buccaneers, to, what's it called, to win the game. Tom Brady should have no trouble putting up a lot of points in this game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, yes, uh, we talked about Geno Smith at number seven. And, yes, I am playing him over Justin Herbert um, this week. I have him at seven. I have Herbert at eight. Okay, Geno's balling. Okay, he has a better matchup. He's thrown seven touchdowns in the last three games. Herbert has a tough matchup against Denver. Um, You know, Geno Smith was the one who ended up throwing two touchdowns against them in week one. But since then, they've only allowed one touchdown pass since week one since geno smith did it no one can do it like geno yeah um now if keenan allen comes back this week i think herbert gets an upgrade um but i still like geno smith to get it done this week in this matchup for all the reasons we just talked about you know just just this 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 game just kind of potentially going bananas yeah definitely and and i was just gonna reiterate but you just did so that's good we like geno smith obviously and he could end up staying in the top 10, too, you know, if he keeps having these types of games. I think that the defense allowing a lot of points is what's going to keep Geno Smith producing, um, at least at the level that he has been. It was good the first few weeks, but he's become great um, these past two weeks. We have Joe Burrow at number nine, Kirk Cousins at number 10. Miami has given up the fifth most passing yards through five games, so I think Kirk should have a solid week. Um, I have Carson Wentz at 11 here. Outside of tough defenses like philly and dallas he's got it done for you right like so he could potentially get it done tonight um you know it is a little concerning that he doesn't have Jahan dotson it's a little concerning that you know he has that elbow injury but like i'm kind of okay starting him as a top 12 quarterback because you kind of look at the the quarterbacks after him you're like eh, for fantasy you're just like these guys don't have the same upside that carson wentz does um so regardless he'll likely be in my lineup if i'm looking for a quarterback um you know Aaron Rodgers he's at 12 he he's been giving you a solid floor you know but nothing more than that um yeah. the Packers are up there 
in implied points against the Jets this week through you know at um at 26 points which is pretty good for the Packers um and that would be tied for third uh in the NFL um the the data prediction tool that we're using preciser it's showing Aaron Rodgers throwing for 260 yards passing yards this week which be, would be his highest this year if we, he were to hit that but he could potentially do that against the Jets um the Jets defense has been playing a lot better this year uh, but they have been giving up some stuff in some spots and I think Aaron Rodgers could potentially take advantage of it yeah, I, I like that. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he hasn't been playing bad, but he hasn't been playing like the Aaron Rodgers that we've come to know and love. And he has he was never he hasn't been the fantasy producer that he was earlier in his career for the past few years, but he's been getting it done. He's much better off with Devontae Adams. Obviously, we're seeing a little bit of a production drop off. I think Devontae Adams is what gave Aaron Rodgers his upside. And we're now seeing just the floor, Aaron Rodgers. And that's what we've got. And it's it's not a problem. It's just not what you want, you know, ultimately for your team. And I'm looking at, you know, like you said, Carson Wentz and then the drop to Aaron Rodgers. I feel like there's a big, big, big gap there, you know, splitting the tiers. Because after the after Carson Wentz, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, all these guys that are liable to put up six points, you know, or yeah, less. Yeah. You know, guys that are, that are going to give you duds. Um, you know, I'd say there's nine guys in the you know, top 20 behind Carson Wentz. I'd say five or six of them are going to give you duds this week. Yeah, it sucks because if you ask me like, "Hey, who's your quarterback streamer for this week?" I'm like, "Uh, I don't know." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it's it's yeah. not it's it's tough, man. When you have Russell Wilson at 13 against the Chargers, let me ask you a question: Would you rather start Aaron Rodgers against the Jets or Russell Wilson uh, against the Chargers? Because Russell Wilson, you know, he he's the Chargers have given up the most passing touchdowns this year, yeah, uh, with 10 through five weeks. So this is a good matchup for Russ. Potential bounce back here. Um, he is dealing with some shoulder issues, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, like an AC sprain or something like that. Um, who do you think you would put in your lineup if you, if you had the choice? If I had the choice, I would probably go with – I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers here just because, you know, this is – even though the Chargers defense has been allowed a lot of points and Russell Wilson has been a bit of a funk, Russell, Russell Wilson has the injury that he's dealing with. We're not sure how he's going to look coming off that. Apparently, he's been playing through it, so that might be contributing to part of – some of his um trouble to get on of the board course. and actually performing. Of course he's yeah, 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 he yeah. has an injury. Of, of course. course he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it could just be a PR move, you know, damage control. So the move doesn't look as bad. You know, they are paying him $240 million on his contract. So that that could be it. But I look at Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Aaron Rodgers at home versus uh banged up Russell Wilson on the road against a Chargers defense that still has plenty of talent. You know, they, they've allowed a lot of touchdowns, but there's still a lot of playmakers on that Chargers defense. Um, I don't trust the Broncos defense to look much better against the Chargers than they did against the Colts. Um, I, I'm, I'm just – I'm happier with Aaron Rodgers in my lineup for this week. You know, the Jets have been better on defense, but I could see this kind of, you know, maybe being one of the unexpected shootouts because the Jets offense has been pretty good. Um, they can keep up with the Packers easily. Yes, sir. Um, all right, let's round this out. We have Trevor Lawrence at 14, Stafford at 15, followed by Jimmy G in a good matchup against Atlanta. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson at 18, Brissett at 19, and I have the rookie, Kenny Pickett, at 20 after his 300-yard passing game last week. Listen, he has weapons, okay? Uh, he's going to try to keep up with Tom Brady. You know, do you think, Having Kenny Pickett here at 20 is aggressive 
I mean, the guys that have him ranked over are like Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota against the 49ers, guys like that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's aggressive. I think Kenny Pickett fits right in here. He's right underneath Jacoby Brissett. I trust Jacoby Brissett a little bit more to produce for fantasy. Um, yeah. But I like him a lot more than Daniel Jones. And like you said, Marcus Mariota would generally be a start, but the 49ers defense has been just lights out. Uh, you're not going to get much success against them in terms of fantasy. Their touchdowns, the touchdowns you know, against the 49ers is pretty much non-existent. So I think Kenny Pickett has a good shot to be at least a decent producer if the Buccaneers would go up even – if the Buccaneers would go up, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to go up on the Steelers like they did, uh, like the Bills did against the Steelers. But um, if the Buccaneers would go up, Kenny Pickett can throw again for 300 yards, I think. And that's going to be um, enough fantasy production for you this week. Um, you, chances are you're not – starting him it's not like you had him on your team and you're starting him every week um he's probably a streamer right now for you and that's all you're looking for yeah yeah for sure so i I think kenny pickett you know he has you know he looked decent considering all the circumstances being going to buffalo for his first nfl start still throwing over 300 yards i think it's it's a good sign um for pittsburgh it was definitely better than what they had i think trubisky was struggling he didn't really understand the offense he couldn't get anything going he couldn't utilize the the really good wide receivers that he had you know what i mean and um you know pickett seems like he's coming in and he's able to do that so that's 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 good to see all right let's move on to our running back rankings here i got saquon at number one uh the ravens are allowing almost five yards of carry to opposing running backs and, you know, we know the Giants are going to run the ball, right? It's their entire offense. Uh, and despite teams knowing that they're going to run the ball, Barkley's averaging 5.5 yards a carry on the year. The dude's balling out. Yeah. And th- there's no question about it. You know, Saquon Barkley, he's looking a lot more like the rookie season, Saquon Barkley, that was just winning you leagues, you know? He hasn't looked the same since up until this season, but there's no question that the offense in New York runs through Saquon Barkley, and he's going to be getting the, the ball on the majority of plays, I think that, you know, he's pretty much the undisputed uh, RB1 right now every week that he starts just because, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he's been good, but he hasn't been what we'd like to see. And Austin Eckler, he's coming off the heels, two good, two straight, very good performances. But um, nobody's had the consistency like Saquon just yet. Yeah, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he has a tough matchup against the Rams, but he did have a tough matchup last week also against the 49ers, and he did just fine. Uh, P.J. Walker is going to be the quarterback for the Panthers this week. Uh, I love what he said in his intro press conference. He basically said, you know, I just want to get the ball in my playmaker's hands. And I'm like, man, that's exactly what I want to hear. That's what I'm talking about. Um, You know, D.J. Moore, you know, he had two starts with D.J. Moore, um, over the last, I think, two seasons. And in both of those, he had a high target share. And in one of them, DJ Moore went off. So yeah. there's a chance that DJ Moore, you know, could get an upgrade with actually, matter of fact, I would say he does get an upgrade with PJ Walker. That's all I'm just going to say that. Uh, cause it yeah. couldn't have got good. This is the worst DJ Moore has ever done in his entire career. Uh, yeah. you know, with, with Baker Mayfield uh, behind center. So there's no way it could get worse. PJ Walker should. Uh, get the ball in his hands. That's what he said he will do. So let's mm-hmm. hope he does it. <laughs> and you can't hold it against DJ Moore, you know, or any of the Panthers playmakers for that matter, you know. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's been fine, but Baker Mayfield just, you know, it's kind of really opening everyone's eyes to just he, the fact that he's just not a good quarterback, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I, I think that any change, like change is going to be good. They just had change a head coach. That might, I, like I said, on the, like, it was yesterday's episode, that might, you know, spur on a little 
stronger offensive production. Um, if PJ Walker's in there, I like PJ Walker the most out of the quarterbacks they have on the roster right now, just to see, you know, what he can do because we've seen him at least have what's it called support some fantasy relevant players where Baker, May- Baker Mayfield's supporting nobody. You know, Christian McCaffrey's producing despite Baker Mayfield. Um, and everybody else is just, you know, in the doghouse in terms of fantasy points. So I, I like PJ Walker uh, that he'll be starting. We got Austin Eckler at three here. Uh, he has been killing it over the last couple of weeks. Um, Dwayne McFarland from Fantasy Life, he tweeted out last night that Eckler is being targeted at a ridiculous 37% clip against zone coverage, and the Broncos play zone at the fifth highest rate in the league. So you might look at this matchup, you know, on paper and say, wow, that's a tough run- rushing defense. But, you know, we know where Eckler makes his hay, and that's uh, in the receiving game, even though in the past couple of weeks he's been getting it done in the run game. Uh, so we might be yeah. looking at a ton of targets for Eckler this week. Yeah, I like Austin Eckler. You know, he's actually looking more like the Austin Eckler of old. And there's not much else to say. Like you said, he's getting it done on the ground and through the air. Surprisingly, you know, very well on the ground. Like he's like I said, I think he rushed for his career high, 173 rushing yards last week. And we said that was a pretty tough. Was it a pretty tough match? No. Who was he playing against? I he was playing the Browns, I think. The Browns? Was, yeah, no, their defense the was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Or was yeah, that the week before? Cade York shanked it. You know, yeah, Chargers won. Yeah. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yes, it was the Browns. So it was a good matchup. But I, th- I think Austin Eckler can carry that momentum. You know, he's he's captured momentum. I don't see this running out against Denver. I'm with you. Uh, we have Nick Chubb at four here. The Patriots are a bit of a tougher matchup for him. Um, and that's why I have him down at four here. I, have, I think we had him at like one or two last week. Um, but, you know, he's known to take away the opposing team's best player. Talk about Belichick here. And, you know, you best believe that his game plan going into this week is trying to take away Nick Chubb. He'll try, you know, we don't, we don't know if he'll be successful. Um, but, yeah. you know, Nick Chubb is still at four. Like, he's not like he's at 10 this week. I'm not overdoing it here. I just like the other guys ahead of him. You know, one common thread with those three top three guys is that they're all very involved in the passing game. Um, so, you know, good chance that Nick Chubb gets it done for you either way this week. He's obviously in your lineup. Yeah, Nick Chubb is the focal point in the Browns' offense right now. Even with Kareem Hunt in the backfield, they're looking to get the ball to Nick Chubb on the ground. And actually, you know, just moving the ball with Nick Chubb has been really good. And we talked, like you said, you talked about um, the passing game being big for the guys ahead of him. And we said multiple times, you know, Nick Chubb doesn't need that. It doesn't look like to produce at the same level as those guys. I have Ramondre Stevenson at five, and I understand that that's quite aggressive. Uh, but without Damian Harris, he's going to be an every down back. Uh, Cleveland is allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs. They're allowing 5.8 yards of carry. We talked about what Austin Eckler did last week. That is the second most behind the Chargers in terms of what they're allowing on a per carry basis. They've allowed six rushing touchdowns on the year. That's second most. Stevenson's going to have a good week this week. Yeah. I. Definitely going to have a good week this week. I'm not sure. Is Mac Jones? Do we know if Mac Jones is going to be back? We don't know yet. Um, he 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 tried to test out that ankle this week. Uh, I'm sorry, yesterday. Um, so he's kind of back in like making throws and things like that. So they're kind of testing it out. Um, they yeah. didn't rule him out or anything. They asked Bill Belichick yesterday if he'll play, uh, and he said that we'll see. So obviously, yeah. Bill Belichick isn't going to give you any answer uh to this uh question or any questions on a wednesday uh he even has damian harris as a limited participant in practice every single one of the patriots 
players on their active roster at least put in a limited practice uh, on Wednesday, even if even though they're hurt. Um, yeah. There was a report, you know, saying that Damian Harris would likely miss a few weeks. So most likely Damian Harris is not going to play this week. Yeah, and if that's the case, you know, if Mac Jones doesn't play, I think that's what's going to let Ramondre Stevenson capitalize on, you know, this ranking and actually, you know, make it as the RB5 possibly this week and have this kind of upside. Because with Bailey Zappia quarterback, you know, we saw last week that the running backs were supremely involved in moving the offense forward. They didn't have too much pressure on them to perform. They were in a positive game script the whole time um, against the Lions, so that might be skewing it a little bit. But I think that Ramondre Stevenson, you know, with a full workload, should be just fine. We said he looks really good when he has the ball. And I'd say he's probably their best weapon on offense right now. We know Jacoby Myers is still a little banged up. And with Bailey Zappi, a quarterback, it's going to be ground game, ground game, throw the ball short, you know, short yardage passes. And Andre Stevenson is going to be on the receiving end of a bunch of those. I think that this is a fair ranking, even though it might be a little aggressive. I, I'm with you on this one. We have Leonard Fournette at six uh, after seeing his usage last week. Um, the snaps were down, but his usage per snap was way up. Uh, he, he had an opportunity yeah. to touch the ball on 50% of his snaps last week, which is kind of insane. Uh, probably unsustainable, <laughs> but the usage yeah. uh, we saw last week is why we were drafting Fournette so high, and that's the Fournette that we were drafting. So let's hope that type of usage continues this week. Yeah, and if... We keep talking. I keep talking about this. You know, if the Buccaneers go up on Pittsburgh, it could be just him, you know, pounding the rock, and he could have a really high rushing volume this week. Where the pass, the passing volume obviously is what you're looking for more, but um, I think the rushing volume would be there. I think Leonard Fournette has a really safe floor this week. And this might be a little bit aggressive with Joe Mixon too, uh, here at number seven. Uh, but his league leading touches are going to turn into fantasy points at some point. He's only had one touchdown on the year, uh, and they're they're coming. Um, yeah. before Baltimore last week when he averaged 5.57 yards a carry, he went up against some tough rushing defenses. Pittsburgh, Dallas, Jets, Miami, um, you know, and New Orleans this week is in the middle of the pack. So, you know, they're allowing more yards a carry to running backs than any of the teams that I just mentioned. So, yeah. you know, the Bengals are favored in this game, you know, and our sports analytics prediction site that we use, Preciser, agrees. Uh, they have the Bengals at a 58% chance of winning this game. So I think he continues to get some carries and racks up those carries on the ground. And I think he bounces back. Hopefully he scores. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you say for every fancy player. Hopefully he scores. Hopefully but, he uh, scores. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying all day on Sunday. But yeah, I, I like Joe Mixon's <laughs> matchup. It might be like like you said, it might be like a sneaky performance here that we he might get. You know, you wouldn't expect against a talented Saints defense for a running back like Joe Mixon to go off, but he has been getting the volume that we're looking for. And we keep saying every week that you know the production has to catch up to the volume at some point. And at this point, I treat it like a ticking time bomb. He's due for a big day, and it could happen anytime. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened here. And even if he doesn't, you know, the workload is there enough, the volume is there enough that he, his floor is not going to leave you out to dry uh, on any given week. I think you're good with Mixon. I like, I like him at seven. So you, you do like him at seven. So, I, you know, yeah. we have Alvin Kamara at eight. We have Brees Hall at nine. We have Jonathan Taylor at 10. Um, and right. we'll get, we'll talk about it, but like, are you if you had all four of these guys, yeah, and you had to like start two of them or one of them or two of them, who would you be starting out of, out of seven them. through ten here? Joe Mixon and Brees Hall. Joe Mixon and Brees Hall. Okay, so I have Kamara yeah. at eight. You would have Brees Hall at eight instead of Alvin Kamara. You would have Alvin Kamara at I nine. might even say Brees Hall at seven. 
you know, and Joe Mixon. I think I, I, I have them in a very similar position. That's, They're very similar. that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like when I look at these four running backs, I'm looking at Brees Hall like, man, like every single week, it just looks like he's just going to explode. Right. Yeah. Um, Dude, like the Packers are allowing 5.1 yards of carry to Opelzi running backs. Uh, he's here at number nine. And he's also the overall RB9 on the year. Um, he's 13th overall among all players, including wide receivers, in the scrimmage yards per game. Freeze Hall. So yeah. it, that tells you what you need to know right there. The dude is getting it done. He's productive. Um, and yeah, you know, I have him over Jonathan Taylor this week, who I have at 10. Like, who would have known? Yeah, no, you wouldn't have expected Jonathan Taylor to be this low, but that's the way it is. I mean, there were a lot more questions about the Jets' offense than the Colts' offense going into the season, but the script has now flipped where there are now a bunch of questions about the Colts' offense and not as many about the Jets' offense. And I think a big part of that is because Brees Hall is such a weapon in the backfield. You know, obviously Zach Wilson has been playing pretty well um, up to this point, and the offensive line has definitely, you know, gelled with Elijah Vera Tucker really leading the way. He looks really good. Um, he He's starting to pay off. But Brees Hall, you know, has been capitalizing on the volume, and he's really just kind of taken over the entire offense. You know, he is the premier weapon in the Jets' offense, the fantasy asset to have. Um, I, I, I'm big on him at this point. You know, I, I wasn't as big on him heading into the season because I wasn't sure if this was the type of Jets' offense which we were going to see. This was, I think, what we're seeing now is what I think was the ceiling heading into the season. But I think that the ceiling might be a little bit higher even than it is right now because of Brees Hall. Um, Brees Hall is he's a rookie, he's explosive, and he's just happy to be getting the ball, happy to be playing the game. And that's the type of um, attitude that you're going to get that's going to produce a lot of fantasy points. I, I like Brees Hall. I, like I said, I'd put him at seven for this week. I know a guy who was high on him coming into the year. Yeah? Do yeah, you? I know a guy. <laughs> I do. Now, let me ask you this question about Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, he didn't practice on Wednesday, right? It seems like yeah. he's still dealing with the ankle sprain. Uh, he's going up against Jacksonville, who, you know, who like the Jaguars just destroyed the Colts right the first time around this year. They only played each other a few weeks ago, um, yeah. and he did relatively well against them on a per carry basis. But the Jaguars have actually been one of the better teams against running backs. They're only allowing four point two yards a carry. Uh, but you know, a couple of running backs have got some volume against them, um, and he should be able to get it done. But like. Does does the ankle injury play into this at all for you? Like, would he be higher if he was fully healthy right now? I don't even know if he was fully healthy. You know that I'd put him much higher. I might have him over. And you know, you're gonna keep uh, people might be mad at me for saying this. I, I might have him over Alvin Kamara. That's about it. You know, okay, I, 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 don't you. Think, I don't think Jonathan Taylor in this offense. You know, it's a very low scoring offense now. Suddenly in Indianapolis, um, the run game hasn't been what it's been Jonathan Taylor maybe maybe not so much that he's lost a step but it's just the offense isn't working together right now and as long as that continues to happen you know, I, I think Jonathan Taylor is and a low-end RB1 um, if that I think that's kind of where ceiling is right now um, until we see another explosive performance like we're we've become accustomed to I think Jonathan you can't really rank him much higher yeah I mean I feel like his ceiling is overall RB1 like no matter what um, you know what I mean? Because he can just explode at any moment. Like he, I wouldn't be surprised. Like you know, one of these games at some point, 160 yards rushing. You know what I mean? Like 18 carries, 160 yeah. yards rushing, two touchdowns. Like I can see it. I can see it. But you know, he hasn't been able to get it done since week one. So you know, we're tempering our expectations for sure. Yeah. 
Moving on to 11 through 20, um, at 11, we have Dalvin Cook. We talked about him ad nauseum in yesterday's podcast, uh, so you can yeah. listen to that and what we think about him. Uh, Kenneth Walker at 12, I have met you know, as an RB1 before he even makes his first start, uh, and I'm okay yeah. with that. You know, Given the running backs who I have behind him this week, like Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary, you know, we spoke about you know, Kenneth Walker a ton this week as well uh but arizona's given up almost four and a half yards of carry uh we're expecting a lot of plays in this game we talked about this game as well uh it being high scoring so he should be in lineups this week yeah and we talked about the matchup like we said that's that's the big thing that stands out to me it's a really good spot for kenneth walker to really hit the ground running i think that he's going to be able to do that um in this game pretty easily as an rb1 you know if he can turn in an rb1 performance that's going to be a huge confidence boost to managers that have him uh, I, I like it. You know, it's a really For good sure. matchup. We have Aaron Jones at 13, uh, Devin Singletary in, at 14. I, I, so I think in a close game, Singletary is going to play close to an every down roll. Um, and Vegas is expecting a close game here. Last week, yeah. it wasn't a close game. They, they blew them out. So they involved James Cook. They involved Zach Moss. But in a closer game, I wouldn't expect that. Kind of similar to what we saw two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, Benjamin at 15, assuming James Conner doesn't play. Uh, I don't have Conner in these rankings. Uh, that will change, obviously, if Conner uh, ends up suiting up. Uh, and I'll have these rankings updated, you know, moving forward. And by the way, if you do want all of the rankings, you can visit patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy. All the rankings will be there uh, either later today or tomorrow. Um, but if Conner does end up playing, um, I think Benjamin is still in play as like an RB3 flex play yeah. with some upside. And, you know, I'd probably have Connor as like a low end RB2 if he does play. Um, now, let me ask you this. I think that's if, Con- if Connor ends up playing, you, you're playing Connor over Benjamin? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like you have to. You know, he yeah. is the guy there. He He's the early down back. He doesn't have the touchdowns, like I said, but it's just been the Cardinals offense that's been a little bit off. Um, I, I don't think you could start, um, you know, Benjamin over James Connor with James Conner on the field, because at the depth chart, it just tells you all you need to know that James Conner is going to be the guy. Even if, you know, Benjamin is getting some pass passes, you know, the running game is going to run through James Conner. And, and if, if, you know, Benjamin, you know, feels a little bit high at 15, you know, we think maybe he looks a little bit high at 15. You have to remember with the bye weeks, there are a lot of big name running backs out this week on bye. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and who would be back Deandre Swift. Um, Bunch of guys out, running backs. You're going to be seeing a lot of these guys probably in lineups across your league because, like I said, big name running backs out this week. It's a heavy-hitting bye week for the running back position. You know, Benjamin could play an every-down role this week, man. I mean, you know, if James, like we already know Dow Williams is out. If James Conner is out, uh, I think Eno Benjamin is pretty safe at 15 here um, because of the fact that he's going to have a role on early downs. He's going to have a role on, in, on the, in the receiving game, and he's going to have the goal line role too. So, yeah. you know, this is what you want, especially in a high-scoring game against the Seahawks, a, a terrible, terrible defense. Um, yeah. We got Jeff Wilson here at 16. Uh, his overall rush share went down last week, as we talked about in yesterday's pet episode. Uh, but this is a good overall matchup for the 49ers. Like, I can't really bet against Jeff Wilson being somewhat efficient on his touches without how good he's looked this year. Um, and Atlanta's allowing 4.7 yards to carry. So this is a solid matchup for him. Um, and he continues to be a solid RB2 for as long as Elijah Mitchell's out. Yeah, you know, the script for me, what I think is going to end up happening, the game script for the Niners this week is just going to be play solid defense against a rough, 
a relatively rough offense. And then, um, you know, just pound the rock, take control, take control of the game with the run game. Jeff Wilson can do that. Um, they're not asking Jimmy Garoppolo to do too much, which, you know, is kind of reminds me of what they're doing in Dallas with Cooper Rush. But they can rely on the run game and a strong defense to win this game. I think that the best fantasy players for the Niners offense are the running backs right now. If only the if only the Cowboys offense had a good running game. Maybe if they would play Tony Pollard more. I don't know. I don't know. It might be. An I idea. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll stash that just just in case. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Melvin hey. Gordon. Hey, I, will do, I will defend. Yeah. I will defend Zeke a little bit. He does okay. not look that bad. He's a solid running back, but not for what the Dallas is paying them. Um, Tony Pollard should be, you know, he looked starter. better last week. Yeah, but that's what happens when you give him twenty-two carries. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I have Melvin Gordon here at eighteen. I had him a little bit higher earlier, but then I moved him down. Yeah. I was at I, I I texted Zach. I'm like, hey, uh, I don't like Melvin Gordon as much. Um, he seems <laughs> a bit volatile to me, you know, given his fumbling issues. Uh, and the fact that the, he might be in a tight leash because of it. He did play the yeah. most snaps uh, last week. He did play most of the early downs. He had one goal line snap. And this is a very good matchup against the Chargers defense, giving up the most fantasy points, giving up the most yards, car- yards per carry, two running backs. Um, so I like the matchup. The, the split overall was like relatively close between him and Mike Boone last week. And Gordon didn't necess- didn't really look great in the first half. And then in the second half, Mike Boone started getting some more work. So, you know, don't be surprised if this is a 50-50 split moving forward. Uh, and then on top of that, you're like, all right, well, if Latavius Murray is active, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what's going to happen there? Like, what is uh, what is Latavius Murray's role going to be? And if you have Melvin Gordon, if you have Mike Boone, you're hoping that, you know, Murray's just like a guy sitting on the bench, you know, waiting for an opportunity. And that's about it. But uh, how are you feeling about Melvin Gordon right now? If you have him, you, you're just like, regardless, you're just starting him in this matchup? Yeah, he has to be an automatic start because you're either a Javante Williams owner who picked up Melvin Gordon, um, you know, real quick if he wasn't available or you traded for him, or you're somebody that took him as a handcuff and you're hoping that, you know, he'd have a little bit more workload. I, I, you, you don't not start Melvin Gordon. He's the technically the lead back in Denver. There's no reason not to start him. Um, the matchup isn't that scary. You know, there is, like I said, talent on the Chargers defense, but it's not bad for Melvin Gordon. He can get it done. By the way, I had Raheem Mostert right before Melvin Gordon at 17. He's a solid RB2. He's been getting all the work. Uh, just keep in mind that he did not practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. Um, so just monitor that. Raheem Mostert is one of those dudes that if he gets hurt, if he has an injury on Wednesday, like you have to pay more attention to it. Um, yeah. So hopefully you didn't drop Chase Edmonds. If this is actually a real injury, who knows? He could come straight back to practice today um, and be fine. So just, just right. keep an eye on it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And for us, you kind of prophesized that. So if that would be something if this ended up being an injury. I did not <laughs> prophesize nothing. I didn't prophesize nothing. Okay. I don't know. The, the prophecy Listen, read, as I remember you we, saying, <laughs> it, you can't rely on Raheem Mostert to stay healthy with this type of workload for what was it? 12 more games. Um, it's funny that's happening already, but um I'm not saying that you're calling injuries. You're betting injuries. Zach, you Zach, Zach is reading. Right. Zach is reading the podcast notes from yesterday. He's like, and I quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pulled it right up. It's like a scroll. You open it. <laughs> oh man, David Montgomery have him here at 19. Clyde edwards Hilaire is at 20. You're hoping that he scores a touchdown uh, with Clyde edwards Hilaire. Like that's what you're hoping for. 
Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Miles Sanders. I hope he scores a touchdown. Miles Sanders at 21 against Dallas. Uh, J.K. Dobbins at 22, followed by Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, and James Robinson. Uh, this is the first time this year, outside of maybe going into week one, where I'm ranking Etienne over James Robinson. Uh, but e- right. But Robinson is trending down. ETN is trending up. Robinson, he's averaging 4.1 yards a carry. ETN's averaging 4.9 yards a carry. Robinson's averaging 5.6 yards per reception. ETN's averaging 11.3 yards per reception. ETN is the better player, the more explosive player. And I'd expect this backfield to continue to shift in ETN's direction as it has over the past couple weeks. Right. And where do I feel like we've seen this shift kind of happening before? Oh, yeah. New York with Brees Hall. So if this happens, you know, and it, it kind of happened over a couple of weeks, and now Brees Hall is now, you know, the undisputed pretty much RB1 for the Jets. We've kind of seen the shift happening, and it's been, you know, you don't see it in the box score. If you look at the underlying usage, like we've been talking about in the podcast the past few weeks, Travis Etienne's kind of been stepping up, taking a lead a little bit. If he has another strong game, this could be Travis Etienne's backfield by next week. Um, I think that he's in a good spot, and he could have like a Brees Hall type effect. If you drafted him, you know, he's slow, slow to get on um, on a roll, but he's it seems like he's trending that way and his production should go up um, from what we've seen so far. Very similar to what Brees Hall did. Uh, Just took Brees Hall a week or two less to get into that lead role. I think Travis Etienne is kind of destined for that as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, it's very it was very tough to just hand it over to Etienne because of how good James Robinson looked over the past the first couple of weeks. Right. So it's like, okay, well, keep giving it to him. Kareem Hunt is at 24. Uh, he's getting 10 to 15 touches a game. And, you know, we know he can be an explosive player and get touchdowns at times. Um, so, you know, I'm okay throwing him in my lineup, especially during these bye weeks. Um, yeah. James Robinson at 25. We mentioned him. Zeke at 26. Najee Harris at 27. Uh, we talked about, um, let's see, we talked about who, who, who else is here. Um, I'm very curious to see what Najee Harris's share looks like. With Jalen Warren mm-hmm. this week, I think he'll do better than he did over the past couple of weeks. I think there's a chance that he can get better, you know, with this offense hopefully improving. Yeah. Um, but hence his, you, hence his ranking upgrade from 30 to 27 this week. 31. 31. 31, 31 was, to okay. 27. Now, let me ask you this. Like, you know, you see the guys here, right? Like, we have Tony Pollard at 28, followed by AJ Dillon at 29, and then Rashad White to close out the top 30. Um, and those three that I just mentioned are pretty much like just simply upside plays, right? With Tony yeah. Pollard, you're hoping for a big play, which he's had a couple over the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. With AJ Dillon, you're hoping for a goal line touchdown. Uh, Rashad White at 30. Yeah, so Rashad White, you know, and you're hoping that he gets the receptions. He had, he had four catches and five catches, I think it was, over the past, uh, each, you know, over the past two weeks. So, yeah. you know, he, had, he does have some full PPR value right now. And I think he has more full PPR value than someone like Pollard or AJ Dillon at this point, if you're looking for somebody to just give you a few points uh, in PPR mm-hmm. leagues. So let me ask you this now. Are you starting any of those guys over Najee Harris? Probably not, right? I want to say Tony Pollard, but I think Najee Harris is a much safer floor. Um, if you want to talk about the player with the highest upside out of this bunch, it's Tony Pollard, just because he could be a home run hitter. Um, but Najee Harris, I think you start him over Tony Pollard. I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure I start Najee Harris over A.J. Dillon. I, I don't know. I feel like A.J. Dillon, you know, is liable to have a big game any week if the touches fall his way. Where Najee Harris, you know, even if he gets the touches, he's kind of just been meh. If Najee Harris truly has his passing work 
taken away, right? As we've seen over the past couple of weeks. It, it, like last week was a tough week to see it because it's like, you know, I'll, I want to like on third downs, he's kind of been taken off the field a little bit over the past couple of weeks, and that's not good. Yeah. I want to see what happens this week. Um, you know, hopefully Tampa doesn't go all, you know, to like a 30 0 lead, and now we have another game where no sample size, you know, we can't we can't really tell what this situation is going to look like. Unless, it's, yeah. unless the Steelers just get blown out every single week, and that is the norm for them. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think if Najee Harris gets removed from that passing down work and Jalen Warren is the primary guy there, that's going to be terrible for his value. And, like, he's going to plummet out of the top 30, honestly. Um, because if yeah. he's just an early down back, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for his value at all. At that point, he becomes like a Rashad Penny player, but without the explosiveness. Without the talent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, without yeah. the explosiveness. Exactly. So, yeah, that's tough. Uh, the, the, how do these rankings look to you? Like James Robinson, Zeke, Harris, Pollard, Dylan, and Rashad White. Uh, looks I mean, right. I, I agree with that, like I said, except maybe I'd put, you know, I, I don't want to say Pollard over Najee Harris, but I kind of do. I'd put, Najee, I'd, put, I'd put Pollard over Zeke just because the upside. You know, Zeke is yeah. he's a floor player at this point, and I think his floor is pretty darn low. Anyway, because right. he's liable. He's no longer, you know, the touchdown machine. Dallas isn't running into the end zone very much. If they're scoring touchdowns, it's off long runs from Tony Pollard um, or passes to CD Lamb. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, where Dallas used to make money in the red zone, where that's where Ezekiel Elliott made his money, they haven't been there. So they haven't delivered Ezekiel Elliott to touchdowns. And you've been seeing stat lines like 13 carries for 56 yards, which nets you five points, which is nothing. So I, I, I'd put Pollard over Zeke. i maybe flip the two. I get that. I get that. I like it. Okay, guys, that's about it. Uh, for our full rankings, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy. Uh, the link is in the description um, of the podcast and the YouTube video. Uh, so, you know, you can go check out the full rankings there. We'll have flex rankings as well with blurbs on these players talking about the matchups and all that kind of stuff. So, um, as you know, also we talked about underdog. I went over a bunch of those picks early on uh, in the Thursday night preview. Uh, at the if you, if you if you missed the first part of this episode, you can go all the way up to the front and you can see all the picks that I like for tonight on Underdog. Uh, and we'll also have a post out later on Instagram as well. But you can visit Underdog, download the app, use code UPPERHAND, uh, and you will end up getting your first deposit doubled up to $100. But we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. If you can rate and review the podcast, that would mean the world to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you use. Appreciate you guys. Take it easy. We'll see you tomorrow with the wide receiver and tight end rankings. See ya.